It's about time someone gets real. Bro, are you sure we're even supposed to be listening to this? Welcome to the Church Misfit Podcast with motivational and thought-provoking content designed to push you further personally, professionally, and spiritually. If this don't move you, you might be dead. Here's your host, Catalyst Collective founder, Joe Elliott. Okay, welcome to our second virtual Zoom podcast. Let's I love podcast show. Let's try. Let's try not to mess this up. Let's, let's really, it's uh, it's Friday. Aaron's already drinking, and <laughs> we are ready to go. Oh, right, right. I think that means alcohol in French. <laughs> so, if anybody needs toilet paper and you're watching us, Zach has a few that he can lend you. But if you're listening to us, you won't be able to see his virtual background right now. Just toilet paper everywhere. So. Pick your flavor. Single ply, double ply, triple ply. Ooh, cotton now with aloe and, and lotion? Smells like lavender. Are they, do, you have, do you have dude wipes behind you at all? I have my, dude I have wipes. What are dude wipes? Dude, dude wipes are wet wipes, but for dude, dude, dude holes. Good. Good. Yeah, if you're if you're just joining us new to the podcast, uh, that was Gunnar Rogers, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Howdy, everyone. Hearing more about his children's book later on. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. Oh my God. Okay, That's, listen. we're gonna plug it at the very end after everything else is said. Yeah. We. Hey, listen. There's so much to talk about, um, but really, we want to talk about uh, COVID and the impact it's having on the church as uh, all of us, um, except Gunnar who uh, quit going to church altogether when he moved to Austin. The rest of us are trying to figure out what that looks like for ministry, um, our wins and fails, how we think the church is responding and what maybe what this means for the future of church, man. What is God saying to us uh, individually, collectively? Uh, what does this look like? What does this mean? So. There's a lot of good stuff to, to jump into. Um, Zach, you were doing a little bit of research, I understand, prior to this podcast. Yeah. And you were completely encouraged by what you saw and found in America when it comes to Jesus and his church, correct? I'm so proud, proud of, yeah, no, I told you this before the podcast because I was saying it off screen where nobody could hold me accountable. Yeah, here we are. No, as I was apparently everything you say off screen is gets said on screen too. So I'm I'm doomed. Scream from the rooftops. So, um, yeah, no, I just found myself like really frustrated with the church and how we were handling this, and then society and how we were handling this, and then myself and everyone I know and how we're handling this. Um, it's a challenging season, right? And I think it raises a lot of questions for each of us as individuals, questions we need to find answers to and fight for answers to, but also for the church. So I'm excited to uh, externalize all this with you guys. Uh, it's also not good to prep in isolation at my house by myself without talking to people for 45 days. So <laughs> I'm just excited to be talking to people again. Well, just vent it out on a podcast that a bunch of people are going to listen to. So what are you discouraged about on the church level at this point? Oh, well, we'll get there. <laughs> Where do we want to start? How, how, let's jump into this. Yeah, we, how about some wins and failures? We've all been trying stuff, and also want to welcome back uh, the pastor, Eric Mejia. Welcome. What's up, everybody? I'm uh, not the best pastor in Austin. Record. <laughs> um, I won't even go there right now. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll just keep it in right now. Love you, Eric. Yes. And also, uh, the Aaron Alba. Thank you, Aaron, for gracing us with your presence. Um, you're pumping out singles left and right, and uh, we don't see you anymore. So, yeah, I've been I've been busy with um, making music and conquering the world. That's Ooh. amazing. Yeah. Have you lost some weight during this coronavirus? Me? Yeah. 
Oh yeah, I definitely have. Um, I think it's it is not really an option to gorge myself anymore. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad you're staying. Out. You couldn't tell by looking at your face, but I really, I think, <laughs> I think you're thinning out on camera. Maybe it's your shoulders. Oh, that's it looks not as broad, you know. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. It's all the music. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah. We want to start, Zach. What's what? What's share some wins and failures? What's going on here? How has it been in your world? Let's just compliment sandwich this, right? Let's start with the win, okay? If you're a millennial and you work in the church, this is your time to shine. Like they might have looked down on you before, but now they're trying to figure out how to run these Zoom meetings and connect to this thing called the internet. And, uh, and you were made for this. So if you were a youth pastor before or a millennial, you immediately got promoted. And now I'm over like all of IT and I'm the production crew and the edit crew and our digital programming. Now they, don't, they don't pay me more, but- I, I was gonna say, you're not exhausted by that whole process. A lot of things. So that's kind of a win. Uh, millennials are, are prepped and primed and now get to show off. You want me to keep going? I'll keep going. Oh, you know, you got a list. Oh, no, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. We're thinking really creatively. We've yeah. started running like youth group, a multi-church youth group on Zoom. And so we have people who tune in. We had a guy in Tennessee last week. We had a guy in Colorado. And we all get on the Zoom call. And we haven't been Zoomed bombed yet. So that's a plus. <laughs> uh, and then we do breakout groups. Like we do small groups. You can do breakout groups on Zoom and meet with your churches and your students. And everybody's still doing their best to think creatively and stay connected. Mm-hmm. I like Which that. are the small? Oh, God. Yeah. I, so that's one of the trends that I see continuing on. I, I feel like, you know, a lot of the smaller youth ministries really starting to work together to create kind of uh, you know, a, a bigger youth ministry where they're getting together and bringing folks together collectively. We're even starting to see here in Austin and other parts, um, youth pastors that are youth pastors for different churches, right? So um, that's, I think that's going to be a trend that we're going to see continue. A lot of different churches hiring the same youth pastor and then pulling their, their youth together. Um, that's, uh, that's interesting. So... I don't know if that's a good sign or it's just part of the death of the American church. I don't know which one it is, but um, we're, we're kind of being forced into it at this point. Well, I mean, with everything going on, do you think the church is dying or coming alive, like, as a whole? Because I've honestly been looking at it as, I, I think a lot of people that were asleep are being woken up. I think there's a lot of things that have been changed that if they're not just unwound when we can meet together in person again, is making the church come to life in a lot of ways that it has been dying. So like when you say the death of the American church, do you think that's still true? Do you think that's going to be true in a year? Do you think this is changing things in a good way? Yeah, I think it, uh, the way I see it, uh, and we'll let, we'll let the pastor jump here in a minute now. <laughs> Eric's got a, a disproportionately higher amount of young people at his church than the normal American church, so he might have a unique outlook on this. But man, you get a, if we're running the numbers, the numbers aren't growing; they're thinning out. But at the same time, um, it's always kind of been a almost a precursor to revival. I mean, things get really bad before they start to get better again, and I don't think we've gotten to the really bad part. This kind of, to me, feels like. Post 9-11, everybody, there's catastrophe, there's um, adversity, everybody turns to, you know, God in some way, shape, or form, and then when life gets back to normal, it's back to normal. But, mm-hmm. uh, what are you seeing, Eric? Um, so this is, this is interesting, guys, um, and I don't know how to put it into the context of just church, because it's like, it's very funny how what I'm recognizing right now and that's coming up and I'll speak maybe in the pastoral world. It's like in the hustle and bustle days, you never caught anybody online doing a Bible study, anybody online talking about an encouragement or anything like that. It was all Sunday morning. And I think it's crazy how much right now pastors are, you know, doing special things and adding things. And, and I'm just kind of like, 
Isn't it funny that when we really need it in the hustle and the bustle and the craziness of times, we're not doing this. We're not pastoring during the week. We're not encouraging people. We're, we're not doing stuff. But now it seems like, is it because I'm scared that people are going to leave my church during this season? Or is it truly something that God's doing right now to shake shepherds up? And kind of go, what are you doing? How are you living? Truly, are you living to the place where you need to be when it comes to leading the people in your church? And so I, I've kind of looked at it in that perspective. And and for me, I don't know, guys, I, I kind of, I'm like that already. I'm already doing a lot of that. So none of this is new except for the recording of a message for, for Sunday. Um, that's been obviously different, but it's been cool because I play golf on Sundays now. So it's like, um, it's been nice to, you know, be done with a lot of that and enjoy a Sunday with my family and all those pieces. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't know what to say in the length of what's going on in the church in general, because I, it's hard because is the church getting better right now? How can it? We can't do anything. You can't go anywhere. You can't talk to people. You can't be the church, right, outside of social media, outside of the internet, outside of, you know, doing things that, again, aren't face-to-face. So you're not in relationship. You're not serving. You, you, you really, so, you know, it's kind of like, what is the church doing right now? And I think, so I don't know if this is a focus on the church as much as it is a focus on individuals and kind of where, it, where are you individually right now and what's going on with you and where are you with, the Lord and and maybe just talking to Christians on that level right right now, but just kind of like, is this a moment where the where where, where the God of the universe, the, the sovereign Lord wants to come in and shake his kids up and say, Hey, what are you doing? What's important to you? What's going on? And 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 it's not out of context, guys, to to see something like this. It's throughout scripture. It's, this is nothing new. This isn't fresh. There was pandemics all through scripture. So this isn't something like, oh, God just decided to do it a different way or decided to use something new or, or whatnot. And, and don't, please don't run this off by me saying God threw this out here for everyone to do this. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying he can use this. And is he using this for the, just the personal touch of each individual person or child uh, because he loves you and and he wants you to be in the best place with him and sometimes he's got to shake us to the core he's 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 got to trim stuff off you know he's he, he's got to take stuff he got to take us through moments where where do we find who we are in him or in our stuff in our identity of a, of a job or our money or that type of stuff so you know I i I don't so much look at this as a moment for the church as I look at it right now as individually what's happening within the life of Christians. So that's kind of my take and kind of where I'm bending right right now. And so that's my thoughts. Let's test that out. Aaron, what's God doing in your life? Because if he can work in your life, there's hope for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. Um, I think for anyone listening that doesn't know who I am, I'm a youth pastor at Life Church Round Rock in Round Rock, Texas, and I have the awesome opportunity to work alongside some really talented people. And as Zach said earlier, um, churches working together, that's something that my church is a part of. That's something that my youth group's a part of. And since then, it started, it's been really strange for myself since I'm such a big extrovert. I, I'm really, I, I highly prioritize discipleship and mentorship and as a part of my life and a part of my purpose. And I feel like I haven't been able to do that as efficiently and as well without in-person uh, meeting. And so I think there's a little bit level of um, inadequacy that I've been feeling in terms of like, I'm not living up to the bar. I'm not doing good enough. And it's, it's like we have this imaginary checklist as a Christian, as a community leader, as, um, as, as a young man, that I have to do certain things to be worthy or to be good enough. And I feel like I haven't been able to do those things. But over the course of the past couple of weeks, um, partnering alongside churches like Zach's Church and um, even so, some 
opportunities with the, um, the teens at Pastor Eric's church. We've been trying to leverage our resources together and be and pivot and be malleable where it's, it's hard and then have a Wednesday night Zoom and play games and stuff. And so I think I, I've personally had to work through like it is the most efficient to be in person. Yes. Like that is a part of my purpose. Yes. But if take any of that stuff away, it doesn't make me any less adequate. It doesn't make me any less like purpose driven. It doesn't make me any less worthy uh, of love of leadership. And I think that's kind of where I've been wrestling with that is um, the way that you overcome that kind of stuff is you lean on your friends and you lean on the people that you trust and you do things the best you can, because sometimes the best you can is enough for a lot of these kids. And recently there was one youth student I have that him and I talked on the phone more in the past couple weeks than we ever talked before. And we're starting to talk about how we can have like weekly or biweekly like zoom meetings or, or, or conversations. And now my youth group and I, an additional night outside of those Wednesday night zooms, um, my, the other youth pastor, Zane and myself, we've been having Sunday night hangouts for about two hours. We've just been playing video games with our kids. We've been talking and I've noticed that we've had more downtime and less, um, like youth time with our kids, but we've, we've built better relationships with them than I think we had before. So, um, it's just awesome, man. Just to get outside of my bubble and realize it's not about me. I think it's really good. I mean, well, I think one of the things that reveals about humanity, right, is like we're all wired for connection, for relationship, and digital connection doesn't suffice. Uh, like 90% of our communication is nonverbals. And is, if this is all I have, then are we really connecting? Like only to a degree. So I think something in the future the church will do is use these tools and these resources to supplement what happens in the church body like midweek when we come together and celebrate and worship and pray. And so we've got no excuse. We realize there's a thousand ways to connect with our congregation. I would ask you guys this though. Do you think the church is really innovating and connecting? Or do you think we're just kind of copycatting? Like we've taken our Sunday experience and now we're just putting it online. Are we still like worshiping that Sunday service? Or are we thinking, how do we connect and shepherd a congregation, a group of people? Um, I, I mean, for that's perfect. I, I think what you're saying there is absolutely right. I, I think we're still living around the Sunday morning service. It's, it's still the same thing because the reality of it is, if you ask anybody right now, hey, we're going to meet on Sunday. You know what everyone's going to say? Let's go, right? I, but come on, you know, um, yeah, great, awesome. So I do think that the church is still not doing anything different you know i mean it really isn't we're we're still living under the same um just under the same rhythm you know what i'm saying it's like nothing nothing's really different we're still living for sunday there there isn't and you know kind of where i'm at is kind of thinking of you know what what in this and what's revealed through me and in our church was what do what do we own right now like 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 what is it that we're connected into like what is it that we are um regardless of a church meeting or anything like that but where in our community where and is it that we if this were to happen again um we would have something that we would continue to go this is what we do and this is how we serve and this is a part of us that's outside of our church that speaks to the community and what the community is, you know, how the community lives and we're impacting the community without living in our walls. Um, yeah. And that's something that I've kind of, that, that I've looked at through, through this and we got together last, last Sunday, our team didn't. And that was my question to everybody was just kind of like, how, what, you know, what, what I've come to recognize out of this is we don't own anything. Like, we are not a part of something outside of our walls that is actively impacting our community. Um, and so it was like, what are we gonna do? How can we change that? Because if you really have that, then man, that's, I, I think that's stronger than getting together. I, I think there's just something, there's something more powerful and more, something that looks more like Jesus when we live outside of the gathering. And unfortunately, 
you know, that's all that we're, that's all that we've really done in these days is just recreated a gathering, you know? And um, so man, it, you know, not much is changing. Right. So yeah, um, it's been a- I, I- I think that's why, like, I find myself in a constant posture of hope, though, is because I know that those conversations are happening in the church as far as this conversation of, oh, wow, we've only been using this one hour session on Sunday and this one hour smaller group session on Wednesday. That's two hours out of 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Robo Gunner. <laughs> There's so much missed opportunity. What were we saying to about engage with people? I also Gunner's lagging so hard he doesn't even realize he's lagging yet. <laughs> well, you, you he's moving. He's literally the router now. But I'll just piggyback off Eric's point and set up Gunner. Um, it's the idea, right? Two hours, so there's 166 other hours during the week. And we're not using those, that, that time to connect with people, to connect with communities, to love and serve. And then we get really pissed off when people say we're not essential. Well, we know we're essential, but are we showing our worth, our value to our community by connecting with them all throughout the week? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry about that. My computer totally overheated while I was sitting on my porch, but I'm back. But yeah, just pretty much the same thing of just seeing that the church is being awoken to there are these tools out there that we can use not only to connect with and engage with people that are already a part of the body, but to me, there's also an opportunity to genuinely show our humanity from the pastor level to just the Sunday church member, there's this opportunity to break this stigma of we are separate from you in every single way, the way that we talk, the way that we commune, the way that we gather, the way that we whatever. And I, and that's what I've been talking to in church that I'm helping consult on the marketing side up in the Northwest is like, you have this opportunity both to take advantage of how much time you can actually engage with people and be a part of their lives, but also if you're willing to just show your humanity as far as you're not just going to post stuff about your next Sunday live stream, like we're tired of that. Um, and also, especially with that church, they're a church that is only in college towns. And so their demographic is 18 to probably 26 of the oldest and just talking them through, especially on social media and especially that age, like no matter what time period we're talking about, 20 year olds can sniff out bullshit faster than anybody else. And so why, if you're a pastor of a church like that, would you try to be disingenuine or hesitate to just be human and therefore be inviting? Um, And so I think that's why I'm hopeful as I see the church posturing that direction it might be slower than i want it to but i think there's reason to hope because those conversations are happening yeah this has a a potential to be a reset moment for the church right in the 80s and the 90s there was a way of doing church there was a model where we went to church it was an institutional tradition it was something we did and you went and you received and everybody did it right like gen x very traditional and now these 20 year olds that you're talking about there's a different way of doing things so now we can, can use this time and reset and take church, take good news, take hope to the people. There was a quote I read, and it says, so many church leaders are poised to re-embrace a model of ministry designed to reach a world that no longer exists. And I was like, ooh, like, are we just going to go back to church as usual? Or is God leading us in something new? Not that yeah. the message changed, but the way we deliver it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm like, look at the macro here, like big picture. What is this? What should we be as the church paying attention to? What's going to permanently shift here? Like, those are the things that I'm most interested in. Like, one of the things I've been wrestling with is this idea of, right, church planning. And specifically for us within Catalyst, we've always 
we've tried to not let the fact that we don't have a physical space and we are digital and remote not be a barrier. So we've had gatherings in places that haven't been ours. We had to rent, borrow, whatever. And, um, and it's had its perks, but it's had its limitations too. So one of the things that I'm looking at saying, if, if as an organization, one of the reasons we haven't been all in on building community is because we don't have our own space. Maybe I am, maybe I'm not thinking correctly. Maybe I'm not listening to where our culture is headed. And the thought is this, why don't, when we consider church planning, why don't we consider church planning digitally before we ever do it physically? Like, for example, if I'm a business owner and I want to invest in a leader, I need to know that they can lead first, that people want to follow them. So it would make sense to me that if I'm going to invest in a church plant, that I say to a leader, well, let's see what you can do digitally before you're given the opportunity to do anything physically. Like, don't let physical uh, boundaries be a deterrent here. Like, get inspire, provide value in people's life digitally, and then grow a gathering. And then from there, maybe it'll demand you have a space, maybe it won't. But if it does demand that you have a space in the future, then maybe I'm sowing my, my funds more wisely into you and, and your community. Just a thought there, because that's, I think that's the thing that I feel like God's speaking to me is like, go all in on digital community. Provide value to people, even if you never see them face to face. How can we do that better? Yeah, that's, that's real. I think digital is like the future of evangelism, right? Like, that's how you get your messaging out to the people. And we know you can start an online movement for free. Like there are digital offerings you can provide right now for free to connect with people and provide them value, love and serve them, then build that relationship and go from there. But it does beg the question, like, what's the purpose of a church and a service? And how do we build that community, right? Because that can't and that's digital. And that's, I don't know where I stand on it yet, but that is some of the tension I sit in as far as the establishment of a presence and an effective engagement on all these digital spaces is necessary to me and like vital, especially in this time and changing some of those traditions. But do y'all think there still has to be some form of physical gathering for it to be like the whole experience or for it to be as effective as possible? Or do you think it can be just as much the church without the physical gathering? I think that's where I find myself sitting is it's possible to do this completely digital. And I think there's a lot of value in that, but do we still need to pursue some sort of physical proximity even if it's just like once a month or once every quarter, because it's somehow a church that has established a presence across the nation digitally. So there's people everywhere. So once a year we have some sort of culmination, like just do you think it's possible to do this without any physical element to it? No. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I don't think it's as effective without having an in-person element to it. And, and yes, you can look at like Facebook groups all across Facebook and or other platforms that have thousands and thousands of members that do have connections. But you look at what they leverage their intentional time, whether it be once a year, every quarter, into having an in-person meetup. You look at how much it drives to have an in-person meetup. Something I've had really great opportunity to do this um, past year is get really involved in um, the music world, like recording artists, producers, singers, and time and time again, these, these are guys that talk all day, every day. There's person I get, I pick up my phone, it has 600 missed messages in a couple hours sometimes. And I think at the end of the day, we still refer to each other a lot of time as our internet friends. And we all, all talk about in almost every conversation about meeting, about talking is I can't wait to finally meet you one day. It's never, oh, we met on FaceTime. We talked the other night, about seven of us were on FaceTime until like two in the morning talking, but it all went back to, I can't wait to do that in person one day. And so is it possible to do without it? Yes. But is it as effective as having in-person communication? No. 
So you look at all the, everyone that's going out, like all these extroverts and introverts right now, exact saying earlier, there was an article that he sent me, we both read through and talked about was um, this doctor was talking about how the removal. I read it too. Yes. It's amazing. It, it, it put a lot of words to what I was feeling and it's a necessity to be in person because we are wired to be in person. And the big quote I took away from that was, uh, dang it, I have it up. Um, it was like, we are dust and bone or what is it? Let me, I have it right here. We are dirt and we are breath. We are embodied and we are spirit to take either one away and we stop being fully human. That's why this quarantine life has been really tough is because we are created for community and digital community is a just a afterthought is, is, is a portion of it, but we can't fully experience community unless it's, it's in person. And so I do believe that it can, we can leverage it and we can grow it, but it's, it's never going to be something as powerful as being in front of a human being. Yeah. I don't agree with that at all, man. And listen, you got, look, listen, here's the deal. you have right now the largest remote company in the, on the planet, GitLab, right? They have over a thousand remote workers. All of them work from home, CEO top down. And so there, you would argue that they are one of the most efficient companies on the planet. Now, does that mean that they don't see each other in person? No, they do. Sometimes they travel, they do things where like, Hey, you know, if you're, if they're in the same city together, they're incentivized to go, you know, they get paid to go have lunch with people and, and meet face to face at times, but that's not where they live, eat and breathe. It's the extra, right? Where they do all their communication, all their work, all their planning. It's all like we're doing right here through, through teleconferencing. So is there value in meeting face to face? Yes. But do we need to build entire models around buildings that sit empty all throughout the week? Do we need to continue to like misuse the resources that God has given us? This is a gross waste of stewardship when we sit here trying to build physical structures that rarely hold anybody. Like we want, we need to be more creative during this time. And I'm just saying that like, man, I, there's a lot of people that have made an impact on my life that I've never met, right? And, and they're just digital presence. That's all they are. And, and their material, their philosophy, I live by it, I love it. Man, but like, they don't hold you accountable to anything. And so are you expelled? They don't, but I, but you guys could, you could hold me accountable right here to stuff. Well, and that's part of where I was going to just where my mind's going right now. Cause I see what both of you are saying. And in a way I agree with both. Cause is we do need connection. We do need physical proximity. We need that community, but are we looking at it as to be the church and to be the most effective body of believers? We have to meet with each other before we meet with others. Or is the purpose, no matter if we're gathering as a body in person or digitally, is the purpose just to be feeding each other or to go feed somebody else? Because if I'm getting that human interaction with non-believers in my neighborhood, does it matter as much if I've ever met you in person, but we go to church together? Like, does that make sense? Like, I feel like in a way it's pointing to, we almost worship community with each other more than we worship God. Um, and so maybe that physical meeting doesn't have to just be with this body of believers or this small group. It's more this digital space is for us to meet as a church, but also to equip you and encourage you to go physically meet with people who are not a part of this yet. And I, think I don't know. I just, all of that plays to like a wrong view of what church is, right? Like we've reduced it to Sunday mornings. We've reduced it to a building. We've reduced it to one hour and we just check it off. And so if we have a right understanding of community, then I, I think we wouldn't just go to a service, sit in a service and then leave there would be accountability. There'd be depth in relationship. We'd be asking one another like, Hey, what are you struggling with this week? How can I help you take your next step with God? Like, how can I follow up and hold you accountable midweek? Da, 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 da. Who are you serving? Like, how are you taking all of this wisdom and applying it? 
And we'd see the church with its answers go and serve the world, which is what Gunnar's talking about too. We're consumers, we're like spiritually and scripturally fat, and we're not living on mission. I, I, I do think get, get lab is there. I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. I do think that company, uh, whatever it was called, yeah, you can get business done, but do you experience real life transformation? Do you experience like depth of friendship? Are you always just being catfished? Cause like, I'm just putting forth my best self right now. You're not seeing me like unfiltered and messy in my feels. And you don't, you, you can just turn me off if I get that way. Now, now you're talking about doing life with people. That's different. And, and you don't, who do you do life with at your church? Right. That's the other, that's a whole separate subject, right? Cause only the people that you let in that close will really know that. And a lot of times to Gunner's point, that may be your atheistic neighbors that know you better than you allow people at church to know you. And Gitlab's not a church. It's a, it's a for-profit corporation. So what I'm talking about is, is the fact that we, we can leverage technology and in a more efficient ma manner to communicate the truths of the gospel, to direct people, to guide people, to lead people, to influence people, to do 90% of what we do at church. I mean, most of us now are like, we're tuning into worship groups live that don't, that aren't even, not even our own like worship bands at our own churches. We're listening to other stuff. We're, we're totally- Compassion City's better. Yeah, totally. We're totally consuming <laughs> digitally. And so there's still a value for close connections with folks, but they don't have to go to my church. I just need another like-minded brother or sister or family or couple, and I don't care what church they go to. I could be doing life with them and we could be holding each other accountable, but I could be involved in a, in a digital church community that provides everything else. So like, again, I think this is, we have to, as the church, picture a future that we we that hasn't been that hasn't been talked about yet in a way like we got to get more creative um, what does the online worship service look like though like we get together like how are we uniting our spirit for one cause like are we sharing in that type of relationship we all just put our hands up here like i don't i think there are some things that you just can't recreate like i think pe if you're leading your group of people that God has brought to you specifically. Well, nobody else, like I can go watch Stephen Furtick or whoever. He's not leading me personally or my group. of. I'm not on mission with him in his church. I'm not serving. You're better looking than Stephen, by the way, PE. Oh, I, th I thought it was coming my way. Dang it. I'm going to get there. Yeah. Are you wearing some hype beast kicks? Maybe. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like I do. there are pieces that we can get digitally and I think we should do that. But then there are pieces, like some things that just come in the grindiness of being on mission in close proximity with messy, messy, broken people. Let's, let's guys, let's go back. Let's just take it straight to scripture. Okay. Let, let, let's look at the Bible. If we're going to talk about oh, this. The pastors sorry, in the house. sorry. Oh, oh. We have to go here, right? Yeah, here he goes. Right. It's a seminary. So, we so we it. See, it doesn't so talk about first, digital services in the Bible. Yeah. So we see the first half of the book, right? What is it? No physical God that we can see that was here. And everyone just kind of looked and said, okay, cool. Where's God? I, I fear him. I, I'm here. Then he sends his son. And through the process, what does his son do? He doesn't go camp out somewhere and send notes to everybody and say, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. This is what's going on. He could have. He could have done that. He could have camped out in one spot and said, hey, I will communicate from here to everybody and let's see how that goes. But instead he goes and he finds people. Then he goes and he, does, and he hangs out with them. He does life with them. They see his struggle. They see his highs. They see his lows. They see everything going on and everyone's kind of goes, oh my gosh, like, wow, this is, this God thing's real. And whether I can, whether I accept it or I don't, you know, that's again going to be on you. But there's something about the physical presence that I think is where somebody said earlier, it's transformational. There's something there that when we gather together and I understand guys, I'm not somebody that looks forward to Sunday mornings. I say this 
to my church. I say this about preaching. I, I say that that is not my that is not my highlight of being a pastor at all. Um, if you guys can keep a secret, yesterday I was at the lake with about with with four different families in my church. Okay, guess what we were doing? We were hanging out because that's that's what I do. That's how I roll. I'm also going to put something else out to you. And Aaron can also, I've had people at my house since this started, guys, because that's who I am and that's how I live. And that's what I believe the church is outside of just gathering. So um, it really comes into and where I, where I will push on the physical part, because I do believe when we're in task oriented, when you're a task oriented you know what? Sometimes it's better to be on, on your own away from people because you get stuff done. You can, you can knock it out. That's right. That's why I think in, in a company setting, it can be very successful because it's like, if you get your work done, you can be done for the day. You know, it doesn't matter. And I'm going to knock it out and, and I can, and I can do that. But when I'm trying to do something that's just without the presence of people, I think there's something when we're outside of relationship that sure you can keep me accountability wise digitally but can you really because that really requires that person on each side to go i have integrity first of all and i'm not just showing you my best me right now right i can just nod my head and go yeah i stopped watching porn haven't watched it for weeks yeah uh-huh yeah well, but if I were to look at your phone and look at what you've been looking at inside that might tell me something different that might do anything. And I think it's a lot easier for us to be away from each other and go, yeah, I'm good. I'm great. I'm, I'm, I'm doing so well that you can't do when you're in, in, in front of somebody. And, and, and I guess I, for me guys, it's a little on the different side here because I'm, I don't feel like I'm the traditional style pastor that just, you know, that is looking forward to a Sunday morning service and preaching and, and doing all that stuff. That, that's not how I'm, that's not how I'm wired. So to me, I don't get all of that in, first of all, it's a thing that bugs me anyway. Um, so I just kind of look at it and go, you know, but without relationship, without that ability to connect, that's where I've been these last few weeks. I mean, I've been on the phone a lot. I've been texting a lot. I've been, you know, talking to people and reaching out. And it's crazy that every phone call that I make to people in our church, the first thing that they say is this, thanks for checking in on me. Thanks for checking in on me. And sometimes for some that I don't have a deeper relationship with when they hear the pastor calling them just to say, what's up? how are you? They're kind of like, oh my gosh, wow, this is incredible. You know? Um, and, and, and so I, I do value and think that the physical connection is something that is just part of the way it works. Yeah. So here, here's the only part I'm challenging there. Cause I agree with that, but I think what, where we're trapped as the church, here's our mentality that that community has to take place within people who attend the same church. Sure. And yeah. the answer is hell no. Hell no. Yeah. And well, we need well, churches it, that are more open-handed with their members and people to allow for their tribes, their deep-rooted, connected tribes, to be outside their own very walls. But it's counterintuitive because if you're leading a church, you're thinking, how do I help create those tighter communities within my walls when maybe we've been swimming upstream this whole time. I look at the four of you and I say, we all attend different churches, but I, you guys know me better than most everyone I go to church with. And if I want to be held accountable by somebody, I'm staring at all of you guys right now. I'm talking to you. Like this is my tribe. This is my church right now. The five of us, are, are a more authentic version of church than I personally experience at the church that I attend. And I think most people in America could say the same thing. So my question would have to be this, Joe. Yeah. Why do you attend? Because God's honest truth? Yeah. Because my life, my wife is traditional and she likes, <laughs> some people just want to go. It's like, it's a complete waste of time for me. Like, <laughs> 
Like, like if we're not worship, Zach. Like worship is a distraction with 300 people because now I got the bad singer in front of me, the bad singer behind me, the guy with body odor who hasn't taken a shower to the left of me. Like, and then the worship pastor is like, we're going to play a new song today. One guy's shaking and dancing. I can't concentrate. I don't, there is nothing like, I don't want, I don't prefer to worship that way. However, a lot of people do. My wife does. And I think that's great. Like, all in, go for it. But if it weren't for her, I wouldn't be doing it. So I think, I think we have to, as the church, we have to recognize that we have new younger generations, millennials and Gen Z, who have a lot of different preferences. And if you're guiding a church right now and you care about your survival 10 years from now, then you better be pressing in to how you're gonna have a digital presence and bring value to people. Otherwise, you are dying and you don't know it yet. And, and I do, I still fully agree with all the points of like physical connection is vital. It has to be a part of, a part of this in some way, but another spot I'll find myself sitting in is like, are we denying God's ability to transform people digitally? Like, just because it's not in scripture that phones are a part of this whole thing or Facebook isn't a part of this whole thing, are are we counting him out of, like, we can get, we can spread the gospel and share Christ and show his love, but we can only get a non-believer right up to the point that they would become a Christian, but they can't make that last step until we're in front of them in person. Like, are, are and that just because like as we've all alluded to, yes, we've been meeting with people, yes, we've been in community in our own ways, even amidst this COVID crisis. But since we can't gather as a church, has the church pretty much said like, well, we can't do the fullness of our work digitally because God's not a part of this. He doesn't. He's not a part of this digital space. He can't work. He can't move. He can't transform in this space. He's not in here. Like. I don't know anyone that said we, that, but that seems crazy to me to say yeah. God can't work in a digital space. Yeah. I mean, was but there just, a dimension God can't go to that we don't know about? <laughs> but, but like, do you see what I mean, though? Like, it's almost yeah. like the church is saying we can't fully do our job, do fulfill our purpose in this space. That's just, to me, the vibe I get sometimes. Well, Gunnar, I, I think to what you're saying, I, I could see where that attitude might be there. And I think it's only because you cannot be around people right, right now. You know what I'm saying? So, so it's not just the sense of just feeling that way. It's like, could we on a, on, in the normal realm of being able to walk outside, say hi to somebody, give somebody a hug, give somebody a high five, go to the store, anything like that. I get that. You know what I'm saying? It, it would be different to me because guys, we've had digital church for a while now. Facebook is nothing new. Uh, uh, online pastors are nothing new, right? You all mentioned people that you listen to. What, did you start listening to them last week? No, you've been listening to them for years. This isn't, you know, a, a lot of that to me isn't new. It's just, it, it's, it's out there. I think it's used. I think it can be used. I, I think it's powerful. I, you know, I, I think there are, I, you know, there are a hundred people, if not more, who are better qualified at preaching than I am. And I have no problems with that whatsoever, you know? And, and so if you need that and, and that's something you want, go for it, go listen to somebody. But everyone that I talk to, and I, and I do have the luxury of having a younger church. So I still think it's crazy how they all listen to different people, but you know what they really value right now is being around people. That's what they do. I mean, that's what they're talking about, missing each other we're doing zooms our life groups are doing that type of stuff but everybody wants to hang out everybody wants to go have dinner with somebody you know everybody wants to be around somebody and and so i think the digital message is definitely possible i think it's already moving forward uh i don't think the church has pressed the gas on it as much as it possibly could right because mm -hmm. you know when you build a building guess what you have to do you have to pay for it Right. So you can't, like Joe said, hold people with open hands because that means that your dollar might go somewhere else. 
your yeah. dollar might go somewhere that I can't now pay for what we built. And, and I, I mean, you know, for, for somebody, if I could figure out and, and thoughts that we're going to be talking about is how can we do something that would require us to have the smallest ability to pay for something possible, right? Because then we really could actively become something greater in the community that we could throw money into all the time, right? But, but it's something like that, that today, um, and even so, I don't have the prettiest building in the world, but I tell you what, I probably pay less than most people do because we chose to stay in a spot because it was really cheap. Is it the ideal location? No. Does our parking lot suck? Absolutely. Do we have all kinds of issues that would that a normal church process would go, well, this is, we do, but we make it work because I pay a fraction of what it would cost for me to go somewhere else and go, look at my building now. It's so good. It's so perfect. And, and so the digital space is there. And I think it's something that can be absolutely tapped into, into a new level. Um, but I just don't see how we can remove. And I'm, and I'm not saying every Sunday, I, I'm not saying that, but some way, somehow where there is physical meeting going on, where you do establish tribes that you roll with and you rock with through everything, you know, absolutely. I, that's probably where I lean on that physical gathering more than it is the Sunday gathering together. So just no thought. Well, guys, this is, there's a lot here. This is good stuff. Is there, are there any, like, I guess, as we kind of bring this to a point, any hopes that you have coming out, coming out of this, either for the church or for yourself? Like, what is your, what is your biggest hope right now? Um, I, I'll start. Um, as much as, like, I'm a proponent of, physical in-person meetings and as um, vehemently as I'll defend that and argue with anyone, even if it's someone I trust and love as much as you, Joe, like I still think and believe and have faith that digitally this is going to explode after this. And like, um, <laughs> I, I think on as much again as much as i believe in having an in-person meeting whether like weekly or monthly whatever it is i do think that we have completely slept on how important um digital is and that's something that i think um the cattles collective like the 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 people who are bringing this church misfit podcast to whoever's listening is something we've tried to do. We've tried to do things really out of the box. And like, we've had meetings where we've raised our voices and argued and butted heads, but it's all coming towards innovation. And I think that's something I've experienced and a bitterness from is just how stale churches, um, just how stale and how boring it is. But, and like, I think a couple months ago, um, I mean, you, Joe, Zach and myself were at breakfast, I think three or four years ago. And we had this exact conversation and we argued with very similar points at breakfast one morning. And I remember that so specifically because I just remember that I had never had that conversation before with anyone. But that's the point is if we've had this conversation for years and we're in the business of innovating, we're in the business of mentoring and discipling teens in a way that no one's ever done it before, then what do you think an 85-year-old pastor with an old Baptist church in the middle of like Louisiana is doing? Not having those conversations. And then what do you think happened when this happened? Like this, this quarantine happened. They didn't have a digital team. <laughs> they didn't have, like Zach was saying, their youth pastor is probably some 45-year-old dude. And what's going to happen in three months? Their church is going to die. And so I think coming out of this entire thing is my hope is from this conversation, it's innovation is not just a, a suggestion. It's a necessity. And that from this, churches will inside our DNA from a church perspective will go, I don't know what the next thing will be, but we need to be open to whatever it will be. We need to be open to innovate. We need to be open to maybe having going into high schools and middle schools. We need to be open to doing purpose party. We need to be open to partnering with non-Christian organizations in, 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 in terms of food banks, whatever it is. We need to be open to not having our church die. And I think that's my big hope. And so like if you look at Alex Dion Wilson, he has what, like a million subscribers or something on TikTok. He blew up. 
He does short little videos. Um, his Instagram, he does an IG church every week. He has worship and a message every week from his home. He's been doing that since before all this happened. His follower account on Instagram is blown up. You know what I mean? And so I just think it's like, it's time to stop sleeping on what innovation means to the future and the life livelihood of our, of the, the bride of Christ. Good stuff. How about the rest of you guys? Hope. What's your hope coming out of this? I'll, I'll jump off that. So like my quote going into it was Genesis 50, 20, um, what the enemy meant for harm, God will use for good partnered with necessity is the mother of all invention, right? Like this is a time where we can get really creative and push that reset button. Uh, as you guys are talking, I realize it's kind of all about stewardship and digital is a form, like it's a tool that we can steward. Our Sunday services on Sunday morning are a tool we can steward. That with either of those, we could get really lazy or we could not use it, but it's something that God's given us, like gifts, talents, passions, and purpose. And so we want to use that to make the most impact possible, to bring as many people into the kingdom as possible and, uh, and to see lives changed. So yeah, I'm not sleep on those gifts. My hope is that this will shake up our theology and take us back to like what's true. It'll shake up our church services and take us back to like God's true purpose for the church. It'll have us wrestle with our influence. I heard this week that uh, like the average lifespan of a church is 30 years. Wow. And the way they get that number is you think of how long a pastor will preach from the time he's like 30 to the time he's like 60, 65. And once that pastor's done, everybody's been following that pastor. He leaves, the church dies. Wow. We're not passing the torch. We're not passing the torch to the next generation. It's all about one man and not about us coming together as a body or a movement. And so I, I just hope that God will use this to show every person in every church that they have a role to play. And uh, it's to go out and take good news to a broken, messy world. That's so good, Zach. Um, I love that. That was awesome. Someone, I think Pastor Eric and another member of his staff once told me that if you go to church for um, a pastor, then you'll leave for a pastor. And I didn't, I didn't know that until I almost left because I was angry at someone. <laughs> and I, and in that moment I was like, wow, church isn't about God right now. And it hasn't been for the past five, six months that I've been angry that I've been bitter. It's been about me. Mm -hmm. That's awesome, man. I really like that. I think, and it's still a thought that's formulating, but it's definitely, just coming from a place of like seeing Christians in the marketplace a little bit more, but a big hope that I have, especially is with my job, but also with some of the consulting work I've been doing, having to use social media so much more than I ever have, because I've always been more of a, the best way to interact with it is as little as possible. And this time and with work, like it's become so much more necessary to look at it, to use it, to leverage it. Um, but still having this thought of like, this can be a very detrimental thing to people's health. Like this phone, these apps, this, this thing that we are literally like giving our attention to. So how can we like actually use it and interact with it in a healthy way, but also in an effective way? Like how do we use it as a tool, but also how do we have a healthy relationship with it? Um, and I think as church staffs and church members begin to use it more, I, I, I'm really hopeful that churches and leadership will equip their staff with trainings and with just guidance on how to interact with this in a healthy way so that we actually get to dictate how much power this thing has over us. Um, but also still use it effectively instead of what I see as the pattern, which is like use as much as possible. I have a problem fast from it for 50 days. And I, I'm really hopeful for a church that is, that leads the world, honestly, in a different way to interact with social media in a way that is taking charge and taking ownership mm -hmm. of my relationship with it. And in a way that it's healthy for me and healthy for my business, for my life, for my relationships. Um, and that's like something I'm working on right now for that church in the Northwest. Like what is something we can put together that guides your staff in a way that they have a healthy relationship. And I just, I don't know, that sounds really weird, but it's just something I'm hopeful for because if this thing is in the world and we've got to interact with it, I hope that the church leads people and how to interact with it in a healthy way. Um, yeah, that's good. That's where I'm at. Yeah. 
you know, one of the things that I'm asking personally for is this, this whole time has been good for me because it's, it's allowed me to be more diligent about getting up in the morning and praying and, and yeah, believe it or not, I pray. I don't know if you guys knew that. Um, so, so it's praying and then it's like, but, but really being Holy Spirit led, like just sitting there for a minute. And as I'm praying, when people come to my mind, stop and use the phone to reach out to them, like shoot them a text. And I was in the habit of doing that years ago and I stopped and now I'm getting back into it and it's starting to direct things uh, a lot easier. Like it's, I mean, I just shot a text to somebody. I felt like God put it on my heart. I've never shot this person a text uh, before. And it turned out they just got news that their best friend died. You know what I mean? Like, so those are the kind of things that when we're asking the Holy Spirit to guide us, those are the kind of things that can come out of it. And so I hope, Gunnar, to your point, that we all begin to use technology that way to realize how quick and easy it is for us to just shoot someone in a text to encourage them or direct message them or be in their world. Um, Cause that's, it's, it's helping me tap into the gift that I don't really have. And that is the pastoral part of me. That's not a gifting. Um, it's, it's, it's more of a forced function, but that doesn't mean that I don't need to do it. Um, so. Yeah. I, I just want to jump in real quick while PE closes this out, but I love the idea that like everything can be spiritual. God can be involved in everything. My social media influence, a text message. He's not in a building or a time or, oh man, like God is so much bigger than we, the box we try and put him in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I think, every, you know, there's aspects of this conversation today that I just, it's so good. Um, and at the end of it, guys, again, this has been the case throughout history with the church, always trying to figure out what to do differently, how to do something new. What is God saying? We see it all through the Bible. We see it all through the new Testament. We, we, we see that this is, this is, it was always, there's always places and always times where this comes up. It's kind of like, what do we need to do? Because we get out of whack. We, we've, we get caught up in man over God. And we get caught up in what uh, man creates and then what man continues to do over what God does because he just, I think a lot of the stuff, if he, again, what would Jesus do if he saw half the stuff or he sees half the stuff that's going on, he just kind of shakes his head and goes, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing that? Um, and, and it just really, so the hope is that we could just come to a place within all of this, guys, and really just check ourselves and say, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? How are we doing it? And should we continue to do it the way we're currently doing? Or can we be open to doing it different ways that are going to be just as impactful and learn how to put it all together? You know, so my hope. Yeah. That was the best thing I've ever heard in my life, PE. Yeah. Oh, I'm not the dark guy or the brown guy. Oh, uh, I did not use the B word. I did not use the B word. That is not fair. Just want to make sure. For anyone listening, Gunner accidentally insulted PE right before we clicked record, and he's never met the guy. Never met him. Met the guy. First moment of meeting him. Yeah. He's my to favorite. My best way to start is on the wrong foot. <laughs> you only go up from there. But also, any listeners that have made it this far, and or maybe just waking up from a nap, and this is the first thing you're hearing is my annoying voice. Um, I, we'd love to hear your comments. Um, you can message us on Instagram. You can comment on our photos, message us on Facebook, make a post, share this post with your friends, start a conversation. What do you think? Like how important do you think in-person meetings are involved with the church? How important do you think innovation is for the next steps? How, what part do you think digital will play for the, the decades and decades to come? We want to hear your comments. We want to hear what you have to say, because this is not just our conversation. This is the entire body's conversation. Yeah, that's good stuff. And we have our next badass book club book selected. The Gunner Rogers is going to talk to us about his children's book. <laughs> and I don't know if I'm going to be alive back on. <laughs> no, he's going to do it without cussing, ladies and gentlemen. He's going to talk to us about his children's book, Chuck's Chair, 
now available on Amazon. We're going to have you on and we're going to talk about that after I read it. G-rated Church Misfits podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I'll make sure that we drop as many F-bombs as possible and then I market it to small, uh, to families with small children. So yes, ages 5 to 12, Amazon came out today. Hit it up. Also download the Cash app. Is that the only sponsor we have today? <laughs> what the toilet paper looks like our sponsor today. By uh, down, download download the Charmin app. Get your toilet paper. Yeah. Thank right. you. Shout out to the sponsors of this video. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. You guys have been awesome. We'll uh, We'll do this again soon. Love you guys. For more free content from Joe and his team of church misfits, visit www.catalystcollective.community.